Welcome and thank you for joining us on Inside Bend, a podcast where we get an inside look at the city of Bend from the people who keep our city running. You'll hear about the innovative ways our local government is responding to our community's needs and helping shape Bend's future. I'm your host, Jacob Larson. Did you know that 83% of calls that Bend Fire and Rescue responds to are medical calls? That's why the emergency medical services they provide are vital for public safety. Deputy Fire Chief Drew Norris spoke with us about the importance of this program and explains how crews are working to keep up with the increasing demands of a growing community. This is a super informative conversation that will even give you some great tips on how you can help save a life. Okay, let's jump into this conversation now. Okay, today on the podcast, I am joined by Drew Norris. He is the Deputy Chief of EMS at Ben Fire and Rescue. Drew, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, So today we're going to talk about kind of the medical side of uh, Ben Fire and Rescue and and what you and your team kind of all do to make sure that our community is kept safe. But I wanted to start out and ask you a little bit about yourself. Um, So how long have you been at Ben Fire and Rescue? Yeah, this is going to be 15 years for me at Ben Fire and Rescue. So um, it goes by quick, that's for sure. And then have you been in, is that when you moved to Bend? How long have you been in Bend for? Yeah, I was actually born and raised in Bend. Oh, wow. Uh, yep. Went to college uh, over in the valley and then came back and kind of decided the fire service is a second career for me. Okay. Um, yeah, my mom had worked here for a long time. Uh, she retired after 32 years. So I grew up in the fire department, okay. um, but wasn't sure that I necessarily wanted to do that. I got a desk job and I realized I did not like sitting behind a desk. So did a ride along and the rest was history. Went back to paramedic school, got my firefighter, and was lucky enough to get hired here in 2007. Um, Okay, so, um, I mean, obviously this community means something to you then if you've come back and you're going to be a firefighter and you're serving in this way. Um, So, I mean, maybe talk a little bit about what that means to you and then kind of the services that Ben Fire and Rescue provides for the community. Yeah, I've seen the growth in this community over the last 30, 40 years, you know what I mean? Um, It means a ton to me. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to raise a family. Um, It's a great place to work. Um, So as we know, a lot of people want to live in Bend because of everything it has to offer. Um, And I think it's essential that the fire department has quality services that they can offer. Uh, we do a lot of things besides fire at Ben Fire and Rescue. Um, that's actually fire is one of the smaller things we do. Um, the rescue part is actually one of the bigger things. About 83% of what we do is uh, emergency medical services. People call that EMS in our world. Um, but what kind of the scope of what Ben Fire does as a whole, um, we provide both structural and wildland um, firefighting. So all of our folks are trained in both of those um, those areas. We also respond to emergency medical calls. Um, we respond to traffic accidents. Uh, we have a 13-person special operations team, and those folks, uh, they go to the water rescues, the rope rescues, the high, the low angle ones, maybe a confined space rescue. So they do a lot of things, especially with the terrain and, and the area that we live in, there's a lot of places that you can have a lot of fun. There's a lot of places you can get a lot of trouble too. (laughs) So they're a really, really talented group of folks. Um, And then 
we have a prevention division and that prevention division um, they do fire investigation fire mitigation inspections um, smoke detector installations and uh, they do a lot of wildfire risk mitigation right i think that's important for people to understand that it's more than just you guys showing up and knocking down fires. There's a lot more happening here. Yeah, there's a lot that goes on within the fire department for sure. We're kind of a jack of all trades. And so you oversee that, as you said, emergency medical services uh, division. Um, so what does the medical side of Ben Fire and Rescue look like? That's a great question. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that the fire department, especially in Bend and, and all of Central Oregon, um, we don't just provide fire, we provide fire and EMS. So the way that it works for our folks is we work a 48 hour schedule. So it's two days on and they have four days off. Very typical schedule for the fire service. So one day they might be on a fire truck. The next day that they're working, they're going to be on an ambulance. And so all of our firefighters are trained as paramedics as well. Which is a good thing for the community. Which is a great thing for the community because all our fire engines have paramedics and our ambulances have paramedics. So when you go to, uh, when they respond to a call, you're going to get the highest level of care possible. Maybe talk a little bit about that ambulance program then as far as um, what you guys do when you show up to help somebody out. First of all, I'll just kind of point out that the, the area that we respond to is huge. Yeah. It's 1,450 square miles. So that's bigger than the state of Rhode Island. Um, just to get and give you some perspective but a lot of that is you know rural area it is um it's forest service it's blm we go halfway to sisters we go halfway to redmond halfway to sun river we go halfway to burns 70 miles almost out to burns so there's a lot of area that we cover um, so it's essential that we have people stationed in the right spot and we get the right resources to the right call so that we get the best outcomes possible. Um, and that's kind of goes to, um, you know, when people do have an emergency and, and they need your help, um, what kind of um, are we looking at as far as like how quickly you can get to somebody maybe in the city um, and versus like going out to those rural areas. Bend Fire and Rescue doesn't just respond to the city of Bend. We also respond to the Rural Fire Protection District, which is F Rural fire, fire Protection District number two. Um, so that's kind of the Tumalo area, Deschutes River Woods, some of the outlining areas. Um, and our goal is six minutes response time uh, from the time a call comes in inside the city limits and nine minutes outside the city limits. Um, and a lot of that has to do with um, survivability on a really uh, intense or high level call, an advanced life support call, we call it an ALS call. You are obviously trying to get to people as quickly as possible, um, and that's critical for survivability. Um, what, what kind of survivability rates do we see here in bend with your team we're, we're very lucky here um <laughs> the survivability from a, like a, a witness cardiac arrest is kind of how they measure this is uh that national average is about 20 percent and uh our average over the last five years is 50 percent or higher of people who walk out of the hospital who are able to go back to their families able to hold a job do things that they used to do before yeah um but 
one of the main reasons that we have there's a couple of reasons that we have such uh, high success rates. One of them is our community. They're willing to do CPR before we get there. And you guys actually offer trainings to help uh, teach people how to do this. So, um, what are those trainings, and how how can people get involved and learn how to save help save a life? Yeah, uh, we offer community CPR. We offer stop the bleed um, trainings. We the first Wednesday of the month we offer these at our training center. You can just go online, Google uh, Ben Fire Community CPR, and it'll pop up. There's um, a sign up list there. You can see so the thing with our community CPR classes. They're not certified, um, but what they are is they, they teach you to just do CPR. Yeah. If you've seen anything in the news, you know, the biggest thing now is just do hands-only CPR. There's enough oxygen in the blood now um, to be able to uh, circulate around when you do compressions on somebody uh, to really not have them have any brain damage for up to like six minutes. So when we kind of get to that uh, six minute time frame of our response, it kind of correlates really nicely. Okay. Um, one of the, another benefit of that is when you call 911, um, we're very lucky. Our 911 system is amazing. We work really well together and we work really well with our police officers. So if you call 911 and somebody's having a cardiac arrest, they're going to ask you certain questions and then they're going to actually direct you to do CPR and they're going to help guide you to do that. And likely before we get there, there's going to be a police officer who gets there as well. Um, all of our police officers in the city of Bend carry AEDs uh, in the back of their police cars. So they're able to put the AEDs and defibrillate if needed prior to us getting there. And that just, it makes sense because they're out in the community driving around. We may not be, exactly. you know, as mobile as they are because we're at a station sure. with other things going on. Are there any risks to doing CPR if somebody doesn't actually need CPR? People, I said, were afraid to do CPR. We wanted a call at a golf course one time uh, where these four guys, they went out and they, were, they teed off. Three of them had a good shot. One of them had a bad shot. And um, they're all waiting for their buddy who had the bad shot to come up. Well, they went back and they, um, they see him on the ground and they think he's having a cardiac arrest. So they call us. We respond. Luckily, we were very close. So we drive on the golf course. And when we get there, there's these guys looking over their buddy, one of them's doing CPR on him. And we get there and we're like, what the heck, uh, what the heck's going on? Because right when we got there, the guy woke up. Um, and so we're trying to figure out what's going on. The buddies thinks they saved this guy. The guy who has CPR on him, his chest is hurting, he's confused. After a couple minutes, we realized, we started to see a lump develop on his, on his forehead. And I think he had hit in the golf ball and I hit a rock and came back and knocked him out. Wow. Um, but what that, story, what that told me yeah. was, you can do CPR on someone and not hurt them, even if they're alive. That guy was alive, even and he never had a cardiac arrest, but that indicated to me that you can do CPR on someone, yeah, their chest is gonna probably be sore, but it's not gonna hurt them. Sure. So and that's, that's what they're trying to push, especially with the like American Heart Association, yeah. is that if you're not sure, just start CPR right away, hard and fast, the middle of the chest. Are there any tools the community can use to help provide CPR or know where to go if somebody's having a cardiac event? An app called Pulse Point. Yes. Have you heard of it? Of course. Um, so a super cool app, and you can just go to the app store. It's PulsePoint.com. It's free. But what this app does is uh, 
it alerts you if there's a cardiac arrest within a quarter mile of a public place. Um, so for an example, I've actually utilized it one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were at a basketball game at Cascade Middle School mm-hmm. and we were walking out. It was a middle school basketball game and my phone went off and I thought I just heard hit like the emergency button on there. Yeah. Well, I looked and it was uh, a pulse point activation and it took me exactly to where that person was up in the parking lot. Wow. And I was able to start CPR, talk to dispatch right away, which was kind of ironic with me being um, in the position that I'm in. Yeah. And I'm doing CPR on somebody, and then my crews show up. And they're like, what are you doing here? I was like, well, pulse point worked. It's <laughs> uh, wild. So it's, it's amazing. It also has a lot of other benefits. There's a CPR... Um, metronome because when we do cpr you know it's about 100 110 beats a minute and we found out that a a lot of people when they don't do this very often they go way too fast because they get really excited they have a lot of adrenaline going so you'll see even if if anyone saw us on on a a scene and we had a cardiac arrest we have a metronome out to make sure we're doing the right depth the right rate so that we have you know we're we're as efficient as possible in delivering the appropriate cpr very cool Um, so yeah and then there's also some cool features on there you can see what calls were going on you can actually listen to the calls that we go on Um, not only in Bend but if you're in New York you can switch it over to New York Fire and see what they have going on or Seattle or wherever it might be and that's huge for what you guys do that's huge if if we didn't do that the chance of survival is like less than 14% chance if nothing happens uh, between the time someone calls on one and the six minutes when we get there that's you know that's in a ton of time without any oxygen um, moving throughout the bloodstream, any CPR being done. Um, we just witnessed it with uh, the NFL player. Um, and we saw how quickly they started CPR and how he has no effects from, from that whatsoever. Um, I think one of the things that's important to realize is Ben's grown so much over the last five years. Well, Six in the last like eight years, we've our, our call volume's gone up, I think, 63%. Um, while we've pretty much maintained our staffing, um, and that's just because of the growth, people want to move here. But what we were able to do in 2014, we were able to pass a levy, um, to help fund a program called the BLS, uh, is a basic life support. Um, ambulance operator program. Mm-hmm. So what what these are are uh, EMT basics, and they just respond to uh, emergency calls. But those calls that they respond to are a lower priority emergency calls because what we were finding out is that we had all paramedic ambulances, sure. and they were they're 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 expensive, but they're also they may not need to go to a lower level call. Maybe somebody fell and slipped on the ice and sprained their wrist, and they may need to go to the hospital, but they don't need an ALS ambulance with paramedics to take them there. Um, And what we were finding is we were going on those calls, but then when someone would have a true emergency, a cardiac arrest, a stroke, uh, a car accident, something, a house fire, then our crews weren't available to respond to those. So it was really important that we found a way to get the right resource to the right call. And that's when we developed that program. Since you've been there since the beginning for that program, you probably, I mean, 
seen the benefits firsthand of having that supplemental support to the services. Yeah, that I mean, that program it benefits the community so much, uh, and, and not only the community, but it, it benefits the folks who are working in that position. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a an entry level position, if you will. They're trained, they're they're highly qualified, sure. but it gives them a chance. Um, to see if they want to work in the fire service, they to kind of get to live the life of a firefighter paramedic, um, and they get to be with our crews. They get to see if they like the schedule, if they like the calls, if they can handle all of those things. And what we found out is they all do for the most part. And the, one one of the only problems with this program is they all want to be firefighter paramedics, so they go back to paramedic school. And so they there's some turnover because they either get hired with us or they get hired with another fire department. Um, so it's it's a really really neat program in the sense that they help the community, they help the department, and then they get to move on with their careers and be more successful. That's great. Um, I mean, you talk about all these good things, you know, like the, the working well with the 911 dispatchers and the police officers being equipped to help out with some um, life-saving measures as well as uh, community members and offering those trainings. But one has to think with all this growth that we're seeing, there's probably some concern um, just to, to keep up with the growth and keep up with um, the positive uh, survivability rate. So are you seeing anything that concerns you as far as looking at keeping those numbers where they're at or even in, improving them? Yeah, I mean, we kind of saw the same thing happen in 2014 okay. prior to us going out for our initial levy. Okay. Um, we saw response time starting to get a little bit longer. Uh, we saw the call volume increasing. You know, we're going to start to see that again if we aren't able to um, go out and pass a levy coming up in 2023. We're going to have a. We're going to have in May a levy coming out to help support and fund uh, the services that we provide here with the city and in the fire department. And I think that um, those those services. Are going to go downhill if we're not able to to pass this levy. How will the levy then benefit the community if it's passed? What we're going to really have to do is well, we've kind of we've kind of already seen that. And we've kind of started a, a plan. Um, we have some um, ARPA funding, which is the American Rescue Plan yeah. Act funds that we've utilized um, within the city and within the Rural Fire Protection District mm-hmm. to help uh, bridge fund. Um, a crew that's working out of our new fire station down in Tumble, or excuse me, below Pilot Butte. Um, so currently, those funds are being utilized to staff that. That was nine nine firefighters to be able to be on an engine. Um, so I think if if we could utilize that, keep those guys and gals in that station, um, it really helps decrease our response times. The way that that our department and the way that we're set up um, just geographically around the city is all of our fire stations are based kind of on the perimeter of the city and they and then that way we can respond into the city and we can respond out to the rural areas Um, this station that we just staffed at at the base at pilot butte it's huge It it reduces response times by you know 
up to up to 20 30 seconds is what we're we're estimating because they're in the middle they can kind of respond in and out and it, it, it leaves our other stations available uh to be able to respond out or respond in and it just helps really cut those uh those response times down and keep our station reliability available so when those true emergencies come in those crews are available to respond to the true life-saving emergencies that we need i mean you just kind of touched on it and that that uh that Pilot Butte station is a great example of like what this funding will do if we are able to, um, you know, pass a levy. Um, I mean, to you, like, why why is it so important that I mean, spe- that station specifically, and then the rest of the stations are staffed properly? Yeah, I mean, if if just with the growth like we've talked about yeah. that we've been seeing, if we don't have that proper firefighting force or proper um, ambulance force to respond, um, it's going to be difficult to re- retain, you know, the survival rates that we currently have, um, the response times we have. So with this, this levy that we're going to go out and ask for in May, you know, that's going to help retain the staffing we have there. It's going to help um, bring another ambulance on, which is desperately needed. Um, you know, we, we run up to 50, 60 calls a day within the city and the rural district, which is just, that's just a lot of calls. Um, and if we don't get that funding, then, you know, that, that that's going to be a concern for us. The nice thing about this levy is if, we, if we're able to pass it, it'll help us to be able to retain um, and, and have the funds to get us through 2029 to where we're able to reevaluate and see see where where we need to go after that. I mean, kind of worst case scenario here. Um, what happens then if the levy isn't passed? Yeah, if the levy is not passed, um, that would just be a detriment to the community because we wouldn't have um, the same services that we have now and the quality of life that people live. I mean, I, I always look at it like we have such great people in this community. The doctors that are here are amazing. Um, the lawyers, the nurses, that the, everybody that lives in this community, there's a reason that high quality, um, amazing people come here. It's because it's an amazing place to live. And when you have a good place to live like this, it, it brings good people. But we just want to be able to provide for those folks and make sure that they're safe and that their families are taken care of when they do have an emergency and hopefully they never do. But if they do have a fire or they have an emergency, we want to be able to respond accordingly we want to be able to mitigate the, the issue at hand and get them on their way and and move forward. I usually like to wrap these up, and this might be an obvious question for you or an obvious answer for you, um, being that you grew up here. But, I mean, what does it mean to wake up every day and, and, and do the job that you do for this community? Man, I am so lucky to have the job that I have. Um I get to help people. I get to be part of the community. Um, I get to help try to make a difference. It's just, it's just, I feel so blessed to have this job. Um, I've worked a lot of other jobs, especially in college and, you know, construction to a desk job. And I just feel so blessed to, uh, to be part of, uh, this department, part of this community, part of this city. Um, we're, we're very lucky to be where we are and what we do. Well, thank you so much, Drew, for taking the time to speak with me. Yeah. Thank you very much. 
A big thank you to Drew for being our guest on the podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the great work that Bend Fire and Rescue does for our community, you can head to bendoregon.gov slash fire. Thank you for tuning in to Inside Bend. If you enjoy listening, don't forget to subscribe and you can check back each month for new episodes. And also a very special thank you to the Pitchfork Revolution for providing us with this music. Thank you.